I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric LeBou. And uh, we are back. I guess we're on the uh, the downside of the peaks and valleys, Eric. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what? One thing I wanted to bring up before we get started here on, on the recording is I was looking and I was wondering, because I see like people who do different Padre podcasts, they number which podcast it is. And I was like, well, shit, we never numbered our podcast. Funny and, you mentioned that, because I was thinking the other day, what episode are we on? Well, here's the thing. We recorded, I want to say, like 10 to 15 of them back before I started paying for SoundCloud, to where once I got to storage, I would delete an episode and then post the new one. So I have no idea what number we're on, but officially, <laughs> I went back and I counted, and this is episode 99 Oh wow! So on SoundCloud. Episode, huh? Yeah, we've done over 100 of these <laughs> oh, yeah, shitty podcasts, but officially on SoundCloud, what can, what we can verify, this is our 99th podcast. Our 99th paid-for episode, I guess, yeah. if you will. Yeah, there you go. So yeah, it's... Uh, it's 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 been a fun journey. It's been a real fun journey. It's it's kind of funny. I was listening back to some of our our old ones. Well, actually, just one of the episodes. Um, the very first one. No, not the very first one because that's you know that's long gone. That was F bomb central for me. Yeah, I, I think that one was there. But the one after that, it was like a Tony Gwynn moments and Jared Weaver sucks. Oh yeah, yeah. So this was like this was like the day after they unveiled the uh, the trophy the trophy the uh, statue at yeah. Lake Poway of Tony Gwynn. And dude, we opened up the podcast and you sounded so fucking somber. Like, oh, oh god, yeah. I remember this. And you, and dude, I cringed even harder this time than I did when we were recording. And you did a moment of silence. You know, it's funny you mentioned Tony that. Gwynn. It's, a moment of silence on a podcast. It's funny you mentioned that because when I saw, you know, the Facebook alerts when his birthday passed and everything, I'm like, yeah. God, I remember when I was an idiot and I did a moment of silence on a podcast. <laughs> a moment of silence. I listened to so it and good. I wanted to, I wanted to punch you in the face, but you weren't near me. I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. But yeah, it was, we're on the same page there. Yeah. Was, it's, it's pretty funny. Like looking back to where we were, um, as far as where the team was and where they're at now, uh, definitely more promising times ahead. And as of, uh, you know, last week, I, at the very end of the podcast, we were saying like, oh, hey, like uh, Chris Paddock, he's throwing at home against Jacob deGrom. And guess what, guys? I'm going to the Seals game. <laughs> <laughs> well, it turns out I made the wrong choice. Yes, indeed. <laughs> the indeed Seals, you did. Yeah, the Seals are now a, a true part of San Diego's fabric by losing in a heartbreaking fashion in their playoff game. So they ended up losing. I watched the entire Paddock start on my phone at the Seals game, so I might as well have just went to the Padres game. But... Um, it was kind of funny. We we're sitting there, and there's a lot of there's a lot of people from Padres Twitter at the Seals game, actually. So I'm sitting there, and I have the game on on my phone, and I, I hear from uh, walking up behind me, I hear Craig Elson, and he's like, "Oh, oh, what a shitty Padre fan! What a shitty putt!" And then he looks, he goes around me, and he sees I'm watching the game on my phone. He's like, "Oh, what a shitty putt!" Oh, oh, no. <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, asshole! Thank you very much. I'm watching the game on my phone." But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, really, 
really uh, interesting stuff last week when it came to Chris Paddock and it came to Pete Alonzo and challenging him and uh, Mets, the Mets players, Mets Twitter, Mets fans getting their panties all up in a bunch. Like, I'm tearing hey. my retinas, rolling my eyes right now. Yeah, like, hey, what's up with this guy? He's calling out uh, Pete Alonzo. Like, what's his issue? What's his issue? First of all, he never really, like, it's not like he maliciously called him out. Like, no. And I know this happened a week ago, but it's something I wanted to talk about, like, forever. I don't understand how, in today's day and age, you can get that upset by someone wanting to come out and prove themselves. Like, he literally came out and said, oh, hey, like, yeah, he's a great player. He definitely deserved Rookie of the Month. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a part. I, I agree with you. And then, like... Oh, he's just jealous he didn't win. It's like, no, he he acknowledged, like, yeah, yeah. he deserved it. Yeah, and, and, and then like, and then uh, Pete Alonso, hey, uh, if you don't like it, then play better. <laughs> and then Paddock smokes him, dude. Absolutely <laughs> smokes him. I think four of the six hardest fastballs he threw were to Pete Alonso. <laughs> yeah, dude, two of his strikeouts. One of them was on a 98-mile-an-hour fastball up, and the other was on 97. Yeah. So <laughs> it was like, you're not catching up to that. You know what I mean? Like, Not where he places no. Yeah, and, and if you know that his changeup is his out pitch, you're looking for that changeup. And if you're sitting changeup and, oh, shit, 98 comes up, you're fucked. Like, you're not going to catch up to that, dude. And it, it was so much fun to watch. I got so much satisfaction oh, after yeah, watching him word. get fired up, dude, coming off the mound. Absolutely loved it. I was so satiated yeah. with the with the fact that not only did Paddock, like, he didn't call him out. He's just basically, like, he's being a competitor. He's like... This guy's good, like, and I know he's good. Yeah. So I'm gonna come hard after him because I'm gonna prove myself. I'm gonna announce my presence with authority. Yeah. And and for them to get so worked up like a bunch of pansies, and <laughs> to go out there and just shove it down his throat was absolutely glorious. Yeah. It just all, glorious. It all started by the MLB account when they announced it. Yeah. Oh, hey, Peter Alonzo, MLB, the NL Rookie of the Month. Yeah. And Paddock commented on it. And he's like, we'll see on Monday. With the <laughs> I love that, dude. Like, baseball needs more of that. They need more Tim Andersons. They need more people that make this game exciting. They that's don't need what more need. Pete Alonzo, who's like 25, apparently going on 40. Yeah, that, that's like, they don't need that. They need what Paddock brings to the game. They need what Tim Anderson brings to the game. That's what they need. They don't need uh, Zach Granke and Ozzy Albies at bat, where uh, one one pitch or two, two pitches minutes. took two minutes. Like, we don't need that. See, we need what these guys bring to the I'm game. I'm not a pitch clock guy, but you're not helping your cause. No. <laughs> By taking two minutes. In between pitches, that is obscene. Uh, Not back to Paddock. At all. It's uh, it's Paddock versus the world because uh, he went on uh, social media again. The uh, the sheriff strikes again and basically called out uh, Clayton Kershaw to a point. And I I'll, I'll quote this here quote. But nothing changes just because a three times three times Cy Young winner is up on the mound. That can be me. Why can't that be me? That's the way I go about it. And that's from an interview with Kevin AC. So go. we give credit where credit is due. And the uh, Greatest Padre reporter that we have at our disposal, Kevin Acey, got that quote from Chris Paddock. And I was looking at that, and I sent that to you. And I'm like, hey, do you think that the Dodgers as a team and the Dodgers fan base will overreact as hard as the Mets did to these comments? No. No, no. I think the Mets are more – here's why I think the Mets are more sensitive. Because they've been generally a laughing stock since their owner got ponzied. So I think they'll – because it's a, it's a real hashtag. Hashtag LOL Mets. <laughs> 
For real? Yeah, you didn't know I, that? No, I didn't even know oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, the, the, when, when you and I are done, you can you can look it up. LOL Mets is a real thing because of how they've been like so poorly run yeah. since the Ponzi scheme. They basically operate like they're a low mark, like they're a mid-market team. They operate like the Padres where they should be spending $200 million, but they spend like $120. <laughs> <laughs> I, had no I had but, no idea. I had no idea that's a thing. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, part of that Bernie Madoff thing. But anyways, no, I don't think the Dodgers, I, I mean, Kershaw might. But um, Kershaw might. He seems like a fairly sensitive guy. I feel like like we've seen like clips of him getting pissed off and and mad. But at the same time, I can see him be a firing competitor because he used to be Paddock, basically the young twenty right. something upstart that's coming after people. That and Kershaw's from Texas, right? Yeah, yeah. So that'll be a good. I think I think Kershaw will take that. Will take that well and and come I, out and you know I carve think us up. I yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know, man. So what what I'm thinking and I'm seeing this and you know these players in the clubhouse, they have MLB Network on. Oh, yeah. This Paddock and Alonzo thing was big on MLB Network. So what I Paddock's think is been going big on, on MLB Network period. He's basically absolutely, a star. Absolutely. So I think the Dodgers see what happened with the Mets. I think this quote gets back to their clubhouse. Oh, absolutely. And they're like who does this kid think he is? He's this is his eighth start in the major leagues. We'll show him. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like they're they're gonna use that as bulletin board material. And even though he's not calling him out, which he didn't call out, I mean, well, he called out Alonzo, but yeah. um, you know, what I mean, he's just saying, hey, nothing changes. Like, hey, that can be me. Why can't that be me? Yeah. And and that's the thing that motivates Chris Paddock, is that kind of he's seen himself as the underdog his whole career because two hundred and thirty six people were drafted in front of him. Tattooed it on his body. And and for the rest of his career he wants to prove everyone wrong and show that they made mistakes, which the the Padres didn't draft him, by the way. No, but we did trade a uh, a uh, a seemingly declining reliever for him. Yeah, so I, I can see the Dodgers uh, reading that and and trying to draw the inspiration to come out all guns blazing against Chris Paddock. And you know what? It's really cool to me to see him. I think his start against the Mets, he knew he was going against DeGrom, who yeah. has been amazing. He's like, hey, this is the top dog, and I'm a, coming after him. I have a throwback for you for that when you get done, by the way, what it reminded me of. And then he has the Dodgers coming up and Clayton Kershaw, who's been a staple as an ace of the league He's only like years. 30. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's been basically the last decade he's been... Arguably the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and I think that facing these guys only gets him that much more fired up, especially now that it's in the division. Like, you remember after the last series here at Petco, Paddock came out and said, like, hey, we hate losing these games because it's to the Dodgers. Yeah. We don't like these guys. Yeah. So it, it's going to be interesting. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I, and I want to hear that throwback that you have. So my throwback to last week's DeGrom, who's coming off the Cy Young, right? He got the big contract. He's basically the man. And then Paddock going up against him, the young, fiery Westerner going up there, you know, heaving bullets and keeping up with the with the established star. Jake Peavy versus Roger Clemens. Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. Where Jake Peavy, we knew Jake Peavy was good, but he was still, I, feel, I believe, establishing himself. And it was like a coming out party for him. The good old boy Jake went out there and and went toe to toe with the Rocket, yeah. who was just, you know, I mean, he was the Rocket, and this is during the Astros, you know, trying to make a pennant run with him. That's what it reminded me of. It's like we have this young upstart, you know, prospect who was drafted. I mean, I think PV was drafted later than Paddock, but, you know, kind of drafted relatively obscurity in the minors. Not a top pick. No, no, absolutely not. Like, I mean, he wasn't a top 100 guy, right? Like, so he probably didn't show up on, like, the fan graphs or Keith Law pages or anything like that. But here you have a guy who's drafted, you know, he's a later pick. Um, he's kind of out of obscurity. He moved really fast, he dominated the minors. He's making his debut. He's that fiery, hard, red ass who just goes out there and tries to compete and wants to blow everybody away. Yeah. That's what it reminded me of. I like that. 
I like that. And, and I, it just, it really gets me going seeing guys that pull that kind of intensity yeah. out of, out of, um, you know, just love of competition. You know what I mean? Like he's coming at him. Like he's like, Hey, I want to be the best pitcher that ever lived. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, the odds of that happening are so slim to none. Well, like, it's by slim to none that he would have gotten up where he's at anyways, given That's where he's true. drafted. That's true. But yeah. it's like, and I put on Twitter, um, I was like, Hey, when you have God given ability and relentless determination, you get Chris Paddock. Yeah. Like that's exactly what he is. And he's not going to stop. Like he even said in that interview with uh, Kevin Acey and I, God damn, I read through the whole thing and Jesus dude. Really? It's been a while since I read through a Kevin AC interview. It has been it was, never since I read through, through an article. Oh was, no, I lie, I lie. I, I did read through the uh, through the. Uh, yeah, it was it was tough, but yeah, he's he's dropping these these quotes like, "Hey, I I, I don't want to just go out there and say, yeah, you know, that was good enough, you know, if, and if that happens, then I'm gonna go after him next time even harder." And he he made comments about like, "Hey, you know, if you have a good pitcher, if you have one of the top pitchers in the league, and he goes out there and he lays an egg, uh, you know, he has a bad outing." Then you know that next game, that next outing, he's gonna bring it. You know what I mean? Because good pitchers don't have back-to-back bad outings. Yeah. So I'm sitting there and I'm kind of wondering, I'm like, man, when's Paddock's first bad outing? Gonna St. Louis be? was not a St. very Louis good outing. St. Louis wasn't great, but no. that's that was a few starts ago for him. Second so, start of the year. Yeah. So I'm sitting here he and I'm walked like, three that game. I yeah. Think. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, man, like he's you know looking at the numbers statistically, he's probably due for a bad outing. Why do you do this? He's probably due <laughs> for a bad outing because I know he's gonna prove me wrong. Oh, good. I'm just saying statistically. He's probably due for a bad outing, but I don't think he's going to let that happen. Not his first start against the Dodgers. Not his no. first start against the Dodgers. I feel like, dude, he if you thought he was fired up against the Mets. Oh yeah. Just wait. The until Dodgers tomorrow. are in first place. The Mets aren't even the Mets aren't in first place. And it's a third. division rival. Dude, and and he's in enemy wait. territory. And he is in their territory. You know that the Dodger fans are going to be booing. They're oh, yeah. going to be coming after him and he's going to fuel off that. See, dude. this is the part where my analytical brain turns off cuz I do I don't buy into players being clutch because I think that's very... I just think a guy's good. It doesn't matter what context you put him in. David Ortiz is just fucking good. It doesn't... Base is loaded. Base is empty. Game on the line. Blowout. He's just good, right? But I do believe in the makeup of the mental aspect of a player. I believe a player can be mentally weak. And I believe a player can be mentally tough. And I do think there are players that do embrace conflict and do embrace the idea of like, I ha- I'm, I have to fight from underneath. Like... I'm going into enemy territory. I'm the underdog. I'm the rookie. You know, and it, it is a hostile environment for me, given where he's at in his career. I buy that there is mental makeup to the game that you can only figure out if you know the player really well. That you can say this is the kind of game that he would thrive on. I, I like Paddock to me is the quote unquote big game pitcher where he's got he's not like a mental ticking time bomb. We're just waiting for like break, right? Yeah. Like he this is a moment where it's like. He's going to be good always, but this is a moment, you know, like, he's not going to shit the bed. Exactly. Right? Like, he's not going to Jake Peavy in the playoffs. <laughs> you know, he's not going to pull that moment where, like, this is going to be like, this is what he wants. Yeah. This is going to be a playoff start for him tomorrow. Exactly. I think. And, I, and I feel good. The position, I mean, all things considered, the position in which the Padres are at now going into going into L.A. 22 and 19. I feel good. I feel good yeah. about it. Tatis has been out. It sounds like he's going to be out another week. Ugh. Which... Dude, that just tells you that his injury was much worse than the Padres initially said. He was out there taking ground balls the next day. Like, what? (laughs) I don't get it. So, Tatis has been out, which Machado has filled in 
amazingly yes. at shortstop. Ty, Ty France, France is been, doing a nice yeah, job. He's doing a fine job. And really, uh, Greg Garcia has came on at second base, and he's he's been heating up, dude. So Thank he hasn't, God. He hasn't been terrible at second base. And to Andy's credit, he hasn't been playing Kinsler. He's been having him kind of transition more into that bench role, which has been nice to see. Now, Greg Garcia doing well is great. It's not Luis Urias, but... It's at least production from the second base position. So Yeah, he has really competitive at-bats, too. It's I like, not like that. he's giving away outs. Yeah, I like that. I like that we have Paddock going into L.A., and I like that we have Strom going into L.A. Yeah. So I think going Basically in Basically the there, top of our rotation. Exactly. The only two guys, honestly, that I feel confident that we're going to get a win when they pitch. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because I was talking to Kevin Charity earlier today of Mad Friars, and I'm saying, like, you know, we're talking about, like, yeah, the Padres need some pitching. They should just, like... Throw darts at the wall. Santana, uh, Cologne, just bring some guys in and move some move some long relief arms into the yeah. pen. And I told him, you know, I feel like with Paddock and Strom, I'm very con- – this is why I think the Padres can kind of hang around and uh, why they'll still be around 500. Because with Paddock and Strom, 100% confident they're going to keep us in the games. Like, right. Right? And then I feel like you can get one win out of every – out of the one out of the three guys between Lucchese, Lauer, and Margavichis. I think you can get one win out of those three. <laughs> Yeah. So when everything evens out, you know you'll still uh, you know flutter around five hundred. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's funny to bring like oh those two guys, yeah, because I feel the same way. And then the next three, it's like well I think we'll win one out of the next three at the least. Yeah, exactly. And you know for tomorrow's game, you and I we're heading up in enemy Speaking territory. Speaking of enemy territory, we are going into the fire, into the yep. front lines. That's right. Chris Paddock is going into enemy territory, and he has reinforcements. That's, that's right. you. That's me. That's your cousin AJ. And uh, not a, not a reinforcement, but your uncle, who is a diehard Dodger. Yeah, he's fan. a prisoner of war. He'll be sitting in Padre Land tomorrow. <laughs> so tomorrow's ride home after the game is either going to be really good for us, or it's going to be really really bad because oh. he is a shit talking son of a bitch. He is Dude, the so- <laughs> sorest of losers and the worst, the worst winner. Oh, he just my gloats. God. It is going to be terrible. And if Craig Meddy's listening to this right now, he knows who we're talking about. <laughs> it is going to be awful for us. So that's why I'm praying that Paddock shoves tomorrow. And I'm praying that the bullpen is able to hold the lead. Not only that, it's because Craig Meddy is an excellent shit talker as well. They're basically made for each other. Yeah, They're exactly. two peas in a pod just wearing different hats. If I, Dude, and you know there's always traffic coming home from L.A. So oh, yeah. it's probably going to be a two and a half hour drive home. Oh, yeah. So if I have to go two and a half hours listening to that motherfucker gloat about Chris Paddock and the Padres losing. I am going to lose my shit. I'm going to veer into the media and just take us out. I I don't know if I'll be able to handle that. We'll but, see. Now, I will yeah. say the last time I went to Dodger Stadium, I want to say was, oh, it was 06 or 07. It's when the Padres bullpen had that like streak of innings where they hadn't given up a run to start oh, the year. Okay. David Wells started and sucked. Like He gave up a home run to Luis Gonzalez. Oh, boy. And then the bullpen just stunk. Okay. And that was the last time I went to Dodger Stadium, and I'm like, I don't ever want to come here again. <laughs> the last time I went up there, I, I want to say it was 2013. It was around that era. You guys era. sat in the cheap seats. Well, yeah, yeah. we because I got tickets off StubHub for literally four dollars yeah, a piece. That's when uh, that's the when, fees were more expensive yeah. than the tickets. Frank McCourt wasn't able to be uh, wasn't yeah. able to make payroll that year. <laughs> yeah. So we got front row in the t- in the top tank, and it was a day game, and Wade LeBlanc was pitching. Oh God! It was that era, that era of Padres. <laughs> we ended up losing, and and kind of the atmosphere like. I wore my Padre gear. AJ wore his Padre gear. When we were inside the stadium, we didn't get messed with, like, at all. The one time when I got mean mugged 
was at Jack in the Box before the game. <laughs> like, like, we were sitting there eating, and everyone was looking over, just mad-dogging us. Like, hey, what's this motherfucker doing here? You know what I mean? But inside, people were cool. They're talking shit. But maybe that's because they knew they are going to kick the shit out of us. Maybe. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it's going to be a different environment this time, now that the Padres are a worthy competitor. I think it'll be more fun. It, I mean, number one, we're sitting... I've always believed like the the more expensive your seats, the less riffraff there's going to be. <laughs> so that's and, why you're okay with the higher the higher well, no, end seats. No, I mean, yeah, you know, you're like, oh, they have the sixty ones, but they also have seventy. I just Venmoed you seventy. I didn't even agree. Yeah, <laughs> take my money. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it, I think it works true for Petco too. Like the yeah. you know the better the seats, the less riffraff you get for whatever reason. Yeah, we're not sitting on the left field bleachers. Yeah, that's no, for damn God. sure. Yeah, I think I wouldn't have gone. Yeah. But uh, same thing. My experience was I went a long time ago with a guy who used to play uh, baseball with because his dad worked up there and we get season tickets from um his uh, job so we were like so you have like the like the executive seats behind home plate where you see on tv we were literally the next section up basically like nice. a home plate club but for dodger stadium nice we had vip parking we basically parked and where we parked at you just walk straight into your seats oh it was wonderful and i was all decked out i had the old school you know the 04 you see yeah. my my 04 like replica ortiz jersey. i'm like 19 or 20 yeah the replica 04 jersey with my name and number had the wristbands had the hat the like, wristbands i was just oh man i went in i was like fuck yeah we're going to the padre we're going to the padre game in dodger stadium your hat to the side like felix hernandez uh, like man- he used to wear it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, but I pitched like, like bad Fernando, Fernando Rodney. <laughs> yeah, more like Jumbo Diaz eventually. Yeah. But you know, I'm all in there. I'm all decked out in my gear. I got my blue Nikes on. Everything's great. I got mean mugged the entire <laughs> way in. Once we sat down, it was cool. Like the fans yeah. were cool. We almost caught a foul ball, and we were, you know, talking shit, and they were talking shit to us. But yeah. Walking in. Well, walking the thing is also like like if you go in and you're wearing blue yeah. in Dodger Stadium, you can kind of blend in a little bit. It's a darker blue, but you yeah. can blend in. Even my big ass, yeah. you know what I mean. But tomorrow we're wearing brown. Yeah, I'm going in in my sheriff shirt. I got my brown hat. I'm ready, and I'm be rocking brown. So we're gonna be big myself. Huge targets. I'm gonna be in Huge my targets. I'm gonna be in my 2020. Concept Padre <laughs> DH gate jersey. It is pinstriped. It's white with brown. It's Machado. Yeah, we're going to be... That's enough. pretty badass, dude. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Here's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that when we're at the game tomorrow, they as they pan through the crowd in Fox Sports San Diego, I hope they stop on us. <laughs> and I hope your jersey gets on there because I think it's going to drive everyone like insane. They're like, holy shit, where did he get that? That's amazing. That jersey's awesome, dude. It, it, it just cool. just arrived today from Cambodia or the Philippines <laughs> or wherever the fuck it came in for. The Nike DH factory. Game. It's a, it's the Nike factory. It's the kids that they have to earn their keep before they get graduated to making LeBron's. It's identical to the jersey that has been out there is the mock-up. That's pretty the, much what the, it, the Tatis one, where everyone's losing their shit. Like, oh my god, this jersey is amazing. Like, that's what you're wearing, but it's for Machado. So yeah. that'll be interesting <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> and and I hope that you're okay with having beer spilled on that. Oh god, or having mustard and and hot dogs thrown at you because I have a feeling that that's going to happen tomorrow. I hope not. I certainly hope not. I would be mortified. Well, that this twenty dollar concept jersey would be ruined. Yeah. So let's let's talk a little bit more about the pitching because that's a thing that that really uh, I want to focus on. I mean, we've been we've been bitching about the catcher situation. We've been bitching about the second base situation ad nauseum. So I want to give that a rest for once. I want to give it a little bit of a rest. The pitching, dude, is so bad outside of Paddock and Strom. You see at uh, at Coors Field, Eric Lauer. Destroyed. That's funny Absolutely destroyed. That's where he made his major league debut, and we were actually recording when he made his debut last yeah, year. Yeah. And we looked over like, well, Lauer's giving up like five runs through through yeah. three or some. Mark Gavichis yeah. destroyed. 
And it's like, oh my god! And I know it's cool. I don't know how well Lucchese pitched, but I can't imagine. Lucchese did well. He he? was through. I want to say he was in the sixth inning or getting two through. uh, Oh, you're right because people were at 71 pitches. People saying that, yeah. And I don't, I don't disagree. This guy's got a five ERA. I know people want like, oh, let's see how he does going through the third time. It's like Lucchese, like Paddock and Strom. Yeah, I want to see them three times through the order because I think they got the stuff. I don't buy into Lucchese, Lauer, Margavichis at all. I'm starting to think the more and more that guys come up and the more and more that we actually get legitimate prospects ready to take over this rotation, I think Joey might be a bullpen guy, dude. With I, the fastball and the churve, like we know that third time through the lineup, especially for him, see, is rough. So I think he might be a bullpen guy. I think you can live with him as your... See, the thing is, he's basically their number... Because I know that Lauer was the number one, but the way I look at it is... The rotation resets when Paddock goes up there because that's as Mark Grant He's calls our stopper. it. Yeah, that's that's wind day. That's yeah. what Mark Grant would always call it. It's wind day. You know, yeah. Jake Peavy's on the mound. It's wind day. That's you know the whole team knows. Hey, when he goes up there, we're gonna win tonight. Yeah. So I view Paddock as that guy, and I view Strom as that guy. So that's my one and two, regardless of what the actual rotation is. I think Lucchese's fine if he's a four or five, and I think Larry Margavich's are fringe five starters. You know, like because I don't think either of them throw well, hard enough to be legitimate bullpen pieces. I think Lucchese can still be a starter. It's just when he's your three starter at this point, like, you're in trouble. If he's a four or five. I think he's a five. Fine. I think I think he could be a really good four, but I, I think he could be a solid four, but I think he's a really good five because re, the reality is the Potters don't play service time games. So refreshing. Like, they've never, they didn't do it with... Well, people are saying that they're playing that game with uh, Luis Arias. He's still striking out at a clip higher than you want, so you could justify some of that. But anyways, um, even though I want him up. But, like, I see no reason, and, I mean, we've we've talked to to people in the know. You know, I see no reason, and they've, you know, assured us, like, yeah, if he's ready, Gore is going to crack the roster. If if how they've handled Tatis, how they've handled Paddock, and, you know, even Margot and Renfro, like, if, if these guys that are ready and just need the reps now... And they feel like, hey, these are going to give us the best chance to win. They're just going to put them on the roster. I literally so. heard that from AJ Preller. <laughs> oh, there you go. Literally. Well, I mean, Preller could when, be... when it comes to Mackenzie Gore. Preller, the thing is, Preller's going to tell you what's going on. He looked me in my eyes oh, God. and told me that. Okay. With passion dripping from his lips. At Illmatic 59. He looked at me dead in my eyes and he said, <laughs> that's hey. You, that's what you think it is. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, you never know. You know. These guys are going to tell us when they're ready. So, so, but he didn't actually say. Now, did the young man tell you? He was going to be on the roster next year. No, he didn't. No, but he didn't. I, I think I think with I'll how text they, him later. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> I think with how they've handled the guys that they have brought, the first, the second wave, now the third wave, etc. He's probably going to crack the roster, and that'll push Lucchese, you know, further down the spectrum or further down the rotation. Um, I still think. I mean, Garrett. Who knows? We're going to get a Lamette. Hopefully, Lamette's ready soon because God, we could use him. But. Um, it's looking like he's getting closer and closer every day. Of the three, I would say I'd go with Lucchese just because he can still... I'm going to look him up just out of curiosity because I haven't been following him. I didn't know he was doing... I didn't know he had a 5 ERA. I mean, it's still really early, but um, I feel like of the three, he's got the best stuff because he can still like punch guys out to a point. I mean... Yeah, but it's just my bit now to be pushing everyone to the bullpen. <laughs> like I'm like, eh, I'm not sure about your bullpen. Eh, I'm not sure Why don't bullpen. we just have... Paddock, Strom, and then all the other games are just long relief games. It's kind of like how you're like, hey, give them every opportunity to start until they show you that you can't. For yeah. me, I'm like, I see 
minimal opportunity. And if you don't have it, bullpen. Get, get out of here. Cal Quantrill, bullpen. Um, no, I'm kidding. Had two <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. I don't even think he threw bad his last throw. He just threw too many pitches. Yeah, I know. No, actually, he uh, Quantrill, talking about him, because he just got sent down. Yeah, for Gerardo Reyes. His first game, uh, or his first inning to inning in a third was rough. But then he settled in real nicely. He was able to settle down and, and overcome that adversity. I like seeing that. Um, so I don't know if they're like, hey, you know what? The command just isn't there right now. Go down to yeah. El Paso for a little bit. You had your taste. You know what you're fighting to get back to. Go down there and work on it and come back. Yeah, and you might be right. And, and he seems like a guy that, I mean, we know he's like, he's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like uh, SoCal uh, Chris Paddock. He's like bro Chris Paddock. He's a lot more uh, articulate and less intense, but he has that same mindset of, you know, I want to prove myself and I'm a competitor and I'm a bulldog. And I, I could see him being like kind of taking a little bit of a slight like, you guys called me up for two fucking starts. Fuck you guys. I'm going to shove it down here. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if a mechanical adjustment would help him because I've said it when we saw him in spring training. Like he throw, I mean, he's throwing harder now, but it's like, I feel like his fast, like his changeup's good enough. Yeah. It's just like he needs to pinpoint his fastball. I'm wondering if maybe they go down there and like, hey, let's try not to throw so overhand. You know, maybe Could drop be. down a little bit, maybe get a little bit of run on the fastball. Yeah. But I mean, I would honestly, now that I think about it, and, and we'll get into the next what we're what we're leading in with here. But I would be okay if they just said, "Fuck it, we're gonna have like six or seven starters in the bullpen, and then Stammen and Yates, and then after after Strom, it's like." All right, who brought your glove today? Because you're getting some innings. I just just feel adult league like, it. I feel like God. their bullpen is so weak right now. Like it's so it's shaky. Bad. Like Stammen's getting hammered. Stammen's getting he's hammered. Just Brad weak or his yeah, that's weak, right? Yeah, weak. Well, his stuff is, dude. <laughs> like they put him out there in high leverage situations, and he just gets wrecked. I'm like, man, this is so hard to watch. Six foot four lefty with the flattest fat ball, fastball. Excuse me. Yeah, just big, fat, and flat. It's like a cardboard. Cardboard sleeve over there, yeah. Hammered. I mean, and then they call it Reyes, and dude, I loved that. I love that they come in and he throws two thirds of an immaculate inning, yeah. uh, strikes out two guys on six pitches, which was just incredible. But then he gets racked too, yeah, because he can't. This is like I'm trying to like slow down on the Munoz love because he walks a lot of guys. He hasn't like, been lately. That's good because he usually averages a walk an inning, and Reyes is kind of a Reyes is older. I think he's like 26, but. Similar oak throws just absolute gas. But in Major League Baseball, you know, it's different than the minor leagues when you can just overpower guys. But when you get up to that top level, if they know, oh, he can't get his fucking slider over, so I'm just going to wait till he throws a fucking 99 heater down the dick and just hit it out. I want to see Munoz stat. Like, I want to see him ASAP. They need uh, they need high high leverage relievers. Here's here's what I wanted to, to bring a topic to the table. Because yes. I'm looking at our rotation. As we said earlier, there's Paddock. What is it? Paddock, Strong, Paddock, Pray strong. for Rain. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what we have right Paddock now. Paddock and Strong. That's that's where we're at. And I, I've seen some, some chatter on Twitter. And nothing official. But, you know, conversations get started on Padres Twitter. Hey, what do you think about bringing this guy in? And the name got brought up because his no-trade list uh, came up, and the Padres ah. weren't on it. Madison Bumgarner. So what I what I want to talk to you about, and I let's be honest, and I think you would agree, I don't see the Padres trading for Mad Bum. I, I don't just, see the Giants I, trading him here, but yes, I'd agree. I, I don't see it, but I, I basically want to, want to just get your opinion just overall, overall about it. Are you okay with taking a player that you despise – Onto your team if he gives you a better chance to win. Absolutely. As long as he's not like, you know, a child abuser or he's like, 
you know, domestic violence, um, you know, accusations and things like. Basically, if it's not Ozuna, Chapman, Addison, Russell, as not as long as long as it's not those types of scumbags, absolutely, I'm a okay with it because I hate Bumgarner for two reasons. He's really fucking good, and he plays for the goddamn Giants. Now, if he played for the Padres, it's kind of like Milton Bradley. I hated Milton Bradley until he played for the Padres. I hate him because he's a whiny bitch. That too. But he'd be our whiny bitch, and he'd be helping us win a World Series. See, see, I, I would be okay with it because he helps the team win, even if I don't care for his character. He like with Kinsler, right? Like I don't care for Ian Kinsler's character. That whole play the game the white, I mean right way, and all that <laughs> crap. Yeah. That, the dog whistling bullshit that he did. Like, I don't care for that stuff. So, character-wise, it's kind of like Daniel Murphy with his views on uh, on uh, same-sex couples in marriage. Right. Don't care for the character at all. I, I don't care for it at all. But as a player, if he's going to help the team win and he's not, like, a bad person, per se, like like I said, child abuse, domestic violence, if it's going to help the Padres win, I'd be absolutely for it. A lot of it is also perception because yes. Manny Machado had that he had that aura about him, like oh, well, I love Manny anyways, but yes, yeah, like yes. oh, he has that reputation. Oh man, he might he might not be a good clubhouse guy, and we don't know how that's going to work. And it's to ever to his credit, it's been fantastic. So maybe Mad Bum is the guy that is just getting misunderstood. Yeah. But I don't think so. I, mean, I don't think so. I don't want him. Like, it can be... <laughs> he could be the I don't want only, him either, but if he's going to come here and help us win... He could be the only arm available. <laughs> and the Padres are right now hovering around 500. Oh, man, we need a starter. I don't want him. What if you could have... I don't want that fucking guy having an SD anywhere on his body. At all. I don't want Madison Bumgarner on the Padres. I do not care what if, we if got he him? helps us win what if we got him and uh they got to like a photo op meet and greet and i got to meet him again but now i'm like 70 pounds lighter and he didn't recognize me and then he blows his shoulder out again Would no, you do that? no absolutely no. not dude i i yeah. want no part of him and i know you're partial because you sucked him off in the cabela's parking lot <laughs> in spring training <laughs> i know you're partial because you met him and he took a picture with you and blah, blah, you're blah. just pissed because you were stuck on the fucking can no i walked right <laughs> past him and i was like I eyed him up and down and said, fuck you. And I grabbed my nuts and kept walking. And your gummy bears. True story. Um, I don't want him in San Diego at all. Like, I, I feel like what he brings to the... He's just a dick, dude. He is. He's an I've had an intense dude. hatred for him forever. And I just... I can't imagine. I was trying to think of a, of a different player that I hated this much. And so Marja, like, I'd be pretty furious if that idiot came over here. But, like, from past from past times, oh. like, what what player was on the other team that you absolutely hated? And it was like, oh, man, like, if, if he came to San Diego, we have a much better shot at winning. Can you think... If you guys can think of any, let us know. Oh, oh I can I can name one everybody but you and I would hate. Barry Bonds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> People would have... Bro- we were on the... Sign Barry bandwagon for 08, and people would have yeah. protested that. True, true. <laughs> that could have been not for me personally, uh, but here's the thing: like Chase Utley, yeah, Chase Utley, Matt Kemp was one of those guys. Yeah, like and that I, ended up not working out. No, hindsight no, it did is twenty twenty, yeah, but it, it didn't it did work not. out. But Machado's another guy where I'm not gonna lie; like there were times, more so when he was younger. Like I know the the playoff stuff, you know, kicking people and stepping on people, but. You know, he was younger, like, when he got into it with Donaldson, when Donaldson was in Oakland, and he threw the bat down the third baseline, and, like, he came off as a whiny bitch yeah. when he was that, younger. That was a bad look. It was, and he was, like, 22, 21, 22, and I think people expect a little much from a guy who's probably, like, if he hadn't have been playing baseball, he might be in college or basically, like, living with his mom, working at Target or Walmart part-time. Yeah. They expect a little much, but that was the perception of Manny. Um, and now he's here, and we're like, wow, he's actually, like, I mean, we were always hoping, but... 
It's like, wow, he's like genuinely a good guy. He's just genuinely just vilified for whatever reason. And it has nothing to do with, with Bumgarner and I making out in the parking lot at Cabela's. <laughs> what it has to do with is that, like, trying to take, like, I try to take the emotion out of it, right? That's what I'm here for. You're here to, to you're here to <laughs> fly off the hinge. Yeah, you're here to fly off the hinge and speak from the heart. I'm here to just take a step back and try to be unbiased and impartial. And if he would make the team better, great. But as from a standpoint of like a PR standpoint, I can understand people wanting to be pissed. I would hope there's somebody else out there. And my biggest thing is, you'd have to trade a pretty decent prospect package to get him. He's probably they said be the- they want four prospects. Yeah, see that's the thing. And of course, that's coming from Rosenthal, and it's still early, so of course the price is. But look be who's high. their GM. Their GM's a guy who helped build the Dodgers currently. So you know, Farhan Zaidi, and he comes from the A's. Like he's not gonna give him away. He's, I mean, he's. He could just get a draft pick for him instead and get a first-round pick for him. So I can see the Potters, like, balking. And I would be okay with them balking at the idea of, like, we don't want to trade any of our top four, top 20 guys for two and a half months of this guy when we're in a wild-card race. And really, we don't need a staff ace. We just need, like, we need, like, John Lackey circa, like, 2010. That's what we need. We need a guy to come in the middle, you know, come in and, and just give us, like, and that's really funny, innings. too, because John yeah. Lackey was a tremendous piece of shit. Oh, he is the fucking worst. Huge piece of shit. Human scum is John Lackey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I get it. I get it. And yeah, I want to win. But at the, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm also bringing other factors into it. Like, maybe, I'd be okay with not getting bombarded because he's a dick. Well, yeah, one, because he's a dick. That's mainly why I don't want him here. Yeah. But number two, like I feel like if you trade anything of value for him, he's here for two months. Yeah. And, and I still feel like the rest of the team is not constructed to win. Not yeah. yet. It's real close, but not yet. There's too many holes. Like You need you need help in the bullpen. Agreed. Uh, you, you, need, you need a center fielder, if we're being oh honest. Oh, my God. That's the other thing I was talking to Kevin Charity about. I was like, you know, I I was a huge Margot stand. I remember last year, it was like every, after he had like a slow start, it was like I felt like I was bitching every week about yeah. like, Hey, and, and posting on Twitter, hey, since this date, Margot's hitting this, Jankowski's <laughs> hitting this, Margot's hitting this, Jankowski's doing this. And, like, I don't miss Jankowski, and I'm glad that Margot is getting an opportunity, but he is not running with it. No, he's like, really not. Like, It's at been all. disappointing. It has been. It's to the point now where it's like, Franchi might be coming back soon, and I'm like, hey, man, give him some starts. Yeah, I mean, at this point, I basically just tell Margot, like, you know, you're going to be basically platooning with Franchi, yeah. so you'd be getting 30% of the time out there against the lefties, um, unless it's like, you know, a, a weaker lefty, like a... I'm trying to, like, a, you know, he just got demoted. But, like, Derek Holland, right? Like, right. You know, we'll let, we'll let Franchi start against that guy. But, like, Kershaw, you're going to go out there and basically, like, you know, and you're going to get a lot of reps coming in late for Will or for Fran Mill or for Renfro. And, you know, those guys when we need uh, to move Franchi into a corner late in the game for defensive purposes. Like, yeah. I'm okay with that because as much as I like Margot, as much as I believe in the bat-to-ball skills, he's drawn, like, two walks all year. It's been rough. Yeah, it's, it's not – I'm all for, like, being aggressive, but you have to be – patiently aggressive right like yeah. you can't be jeff for people that remember jeff decker who sat there and took every pitch until there was two strikes like you can't do that yeah but and i think matt antonelli was the same way he basically just drew walks that's all he did but you can't be manny margot where you just swing at everything like if you're gonna put up a i don't know what is on bases but if you're gonna put up a 300 on base you gotta be hunter renfro doing it like you need to hit bombs yeah. To make yourself above average as a hitter, and Margot's not going to do that. He's not his profile. So yeah, like there's there's a lot more holes than than I just would one like, starter than what yeah. I would like to see. But and there's no hope in the minors. Like you can hope. Like more, you said Morone came back five strikeouts to two innings was touching ninety six. Thanks to our friends at Mad Friars yes, for so. posting that boots on the ground live in Elsinore. But 
you know, it's like you can sod poodles. <laughs> oh, excuse me, sod poodles. Jackass. Whatever. But you can you can you know squint and say, okay, we got some more. Gore's gonna be here next year. Morahone, if he's healthy, he might be here this year. Who knows? You know, Baez can never get health and get back on the mound. Maybe he's a bullpen piece going forward. Who knows? Munoz, Reyes. You know, they've got some guys where you can squint on the pitching staff and think, if we can just wait it out for a year. You know, who knows how Lament and Richards come back. Maybe they help out as bullpen arms or, you know, as five-inning guys in the in the rotation. But for center field, like position players, we're kind of tapped out. Yeah. You know, we have Arias is basically the last of it. And then it's after that, it's Potts. And then it's like... To Capita, Ornelas, Marcano, Edwards. or uh, excuse me, uh, Edwards. Uh, yeah, and, and those guys are all like low A, high A guys. Right. So Margot is basically like, you have nobody behind you. Like, this is your chance to basically grab the spot because the guy that should be, is probably, would probably be taking his spot is Cordero on the DL. But I can see, it. like, if he's, I can see Cordero being out for another two weeks until June. And I can see if Margot keeps up with his, uh, oh, let's see here. Probably like 260 on base. He's got, you know, I feel like he's close. He's he's got a 272 average, which isn't bad. He's slugging 379, which is okay with his defense. He's got a damn 286 on base. Like, draw some walks one time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like if he had a 350, 320 on base with that slugging, like I'd be okay with that. He's 20 points under league average per OPS plus. Yeah. But I, I, mean, I need him more than that. I need him at least close to league average. Yeah. I mean that would obviously be ideal. I mean, basically the moral of the story here is we we just got to ride the wave. Yeah. We got to ride the wave. We got to see what what would happen. I would be really intrigued at maybe in a month or so. Uh if you get to after June, after the draft and you don't have to give up a draft pick for guys like Keiko or Kimbrel, I'll be interested to see what the market is for those guys at that time. And, and I'd sign both. <laughs> and to see where the Padres are at and really if you still need bullpen help, which you probably will, how much is it worth to you? You know what I mean? Like, hey, if you give him Hey, here's $10 million to throw for two months. Well, if, if you think that's what you You're only going to give him a prorated amount of whatever you sign him for anyways. It doesn't matter. Sign him. Give him yeah. $10 million for the last two months. Like, you're talking about Kimbrel? Yeah, for Kimbrel. Yeah. Like you're not, he's not going to say no to that. Apparently you know he I mean? Give him X here, amount. So who knows? Yeah. But, which but he doesn't really hate odd. money. No, no, of course not. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an opportunity for him to, you know, you basically tell him, look, we won't give you a qualifying offer if you sign here. But I mean, yeah, I, I'd be all for that. I mean, at that point, once once the draft, and then you give him a qualifying offer <laughs> afterwards. Yeah, I get nothing. Yeah, but I mean, I'd be all for that. I'd be all for him getting, you know, signing him and Keiko saying, "Hey, you know, we'll give you the prorated like for Kimball. It's like, hey, we'll prorate you fifteen million dollars. Like that's yeah. what we'll give you. Keiko will prorate you twenty or twenty five million or whatever because I think that helps and it it doesn't dent your system. You're not losing a draft pick because they've they've lost their their picks two years in a row now, Osmer and now Machado. Um, and they give you two guys, like, apparently, I don't know about Kimbrell, but I know Keiko's been throwing basically simulated games on a five-day schedule um, to, to keep up, so I don't think he would need a lot of time. Um, and Kimbrell, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Kirby Yates, but we need that third, we said it before, like, we need that third high-leverage reliever. Yeah. And we That's why I want him. I want Kimbrell bad, Yeah, dude. and I we don't him have him because... We used to be able to. We used to make it a six inning game. It you know it's like okay six inning here comes Gregerson here comes Adams here comes Bell game over yeah and we would be able to run that out you know enough times where it's kept us competitive and uh, I feel like we don't have that right now we have Stammen and Yates but we don't have that third guy right did you see Kenley Jansen saying oh yeah I would welcome Kimbrel as a teammate but not the closer <laughs> get out of here <laughs> just I can't stand that guy dude I can't wait for tomorrow did he lose on any more bunts yet I don't know. I don't know, but we're going to transition into the uh, Padres Twitter segment. Oh, God. 
of the podcast here. Uh, we're about 43 minutes in. So you should just start playing the Twilight music when this shit hits. There's there's some good ones in here. There's actually a, there's a lot of people that called in this time, so we're not going to be able to get all of them. No. So if we don't get to yours, I'm sorry. I just don't want it to go that long. But to all the people that did call, thank you. We have some great calls, and we're going to get to it. This guy, Sean, he's called before a staunch defender of the wave. He has oh called in before, God. and he called in on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Wow. <laughs> He knows, he knows we're recording he Monday, saw, right? Yeah, he knows, but he saw people talking shit on Wednesday, and he said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm calling the podcast. So, Sean, you get in line first. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, guys. This is Sean at Seanaker. I have to admit, I was surprised to hear on your last podcast that we got some naysayers coming back for the wave. <laughs> I thought that there was a voicemail that was left a couple of episodes ago and that it was settled. The wave is fine. It makes people happy. They enjoy baseball games, whether or not they are die-hard in the weave analytics, crazy baseball fans or not. They can enjoy the game. Just leave the wave alone. Goddamn it, just leave it free. Leave it be. <laughs> leave it be. Sean wants you guys to leave the wave alone. When were they talking shit? Because I felt like you and I came to Maybe a, a he listened agreement. to the podcast because I know one of the callers last week left a voicemail and they said something about like, fuck the wave or something, blah, blah, blah. Maybe he listened on Wednesday and he's like, you know what? Screw this. I'm calling. Yeah, maybe. Because I feel like you and I came to have so like, we don't mind the wave. It's just, you know, there's certain moments where it's just not appropriate. Yeah. That's probably what it was. He yeah. was probably listening to the podcast and heard yeah. it back and said, you know what, I'm calling while it's on my mind. And you guys don't have to wait till Monday. If you I see something during the week and you're like, God. If you guys see something during the week and you're like, God, man, I think this would be great for the podcast. I want to call and I want to scream. 619-354-9669. I want to hear from you. We have a family member here of Ian Kinsler checking in next. Oh, God. Uh, hey guys, uh, my name is Howard Kindler. I am the father of Ian Kindler. Uh, listen, we know you guys got some pool in the organization. We're uh, taking a vacation this summer on the moon. Uh, we already have a rocket lined up. We just need you to make a phone call and see if you can get Ian out of the uh, out of his contract, and so he can vacation up here with his parents. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Have a great day, fellas. So can we get Ian Kinsler out of his contract Howard so he can vacation like, with his family on the moon? Howard sounds like <laughs> such a nice man. Yeah, he really does. I wonder what he feels about bat flips and Latin music at ballparks. <laughs> can you get our son Ian out of his contract? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, with pleasure. Well, you're going to text AJ later on anyways about Gore, so you might as well throw that in there. Yeah, I'll, I'll throw it in there. Yeah. And, and guys, make sure you at this guy. at I think it's at underscore Illmatic 59. Let him know, AJ Proler. We know it's you, okay? And we want our voices heard by you. So we're going to keep coming at you until you finally hear us. So here's another call about Ian Kinsler. Hey, this is Sam Nair at Sam Nair 24. I'm sure most of the people who listen to the show already know that it's named after a hole in the infield. So speaking of holes in the infield, <laughs> what would you say the current odds are that Ian Kinsler is gone before the year, and how do you think it happens? <laughs> Great transition. Great segue. Oh, beautiful. There. Speaking of holes in the infield, Ian Kinsler. <laughs> when is he off the team? I think it's quite obvious. He's not going to make it through the end of the year. So so let's 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 say um, if you had to put a date on it, when is the date where it's like, hey, if we get past this date and Ian Kinsler's still here, I am shocked. What's your date? 
I would say it's probably going to be whenever they call up Urias. So, excuse me, Urias. Um, Urias. 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 Um, I think I'm gonna leave him down there for like another month. So I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna say the uh, the over under date is June five. June five. I think June five because Ty France like he's not he's not playing every. I mean he's playing every day, but um, you know he's he's not doing great. He's got like an eighty or so OPS plus, and I mean it's his first taste in the big leagues. He has competitive. He can clearly hit. And I think once you bring up Rias, you have France and Garcia on the bench. I think that's a strong infield core on the bench. I, I like that because you got one guy who can play all three positions, uh, second, short, and third. France can play third and then DH in a pinch um, when they do actually travel to an American League team. I think that's a better core than Kinsler because you can only play one position. It's not really a position of need. You know, like, once you get a reassup, it's like having a backup shortstop. It's kind of useless. Well, what I'll say for that, because I really want Kinsler gone, is I hope... It's tomorrow? Greg Garcia is able to keep this up. Because the more that Garcia plays well, the more of a chance that Kinsler is gone, in my opinion. So... I want to say, you say what, June 5th? I say June 5th. Whenever they call Perez, I think the, the over-under date on that is June 5th. I say, what's the date today? The 13th? Let me see. It I think is, yep. the, today's the 13th, May 13th. I think he has less than two weeks. Ooh. Put it this way. I don't think he's going to get the honor of wearing the Stars and Stripes jerseys on Memorial Day. <laughs> I think he's gone before Memorial Day. So how about that? You, th- you think that's fair? I say Memorial Day, you say the 5th. I yeah. think it's going to come a lot sooner, especially a, a couple things. Greg Garcia keeps doing well. Urias keeps tearing it up in AAA, and he eventually shows them, quote, things yeah. that and they want France, him to work on. And France continues and France to tread is water. doing well. I think he's gone. I think he's gone. I don't. They're not worried about eating money. Like no. They're waiting to see something out of Kinsler, no. and he's not showing it to them. He had obviously. two good games, one of which he got nothing but breaking balls to hit. So, yeah, I could... I could see that. It, it, it It's a better infield with France and, and Garcia coming off the bench. Yeah, exactly. So let's go to the next call here. Hey, this is Rashad King County on Twitter. Look, the Franchines are holding defensively. They really need some help. I like Ty France. I just don't think he's getting it done at third base. If I were the five games right now, I would trade for a backup catcher. All right, have a good one. Bye. Thank you for that, King Pouncey. So he would trade a good for a, backup catcher. He would trade for a backup catcher, and my answer to that is we have one, and his name is Austin Hedges. <laughs> That's you're gonna say, Austin Allen. Okay, so we have a backup catcher already. We don't need one, dude. Austin Hedges is the perfect backup. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, oh well, he's you know, his, hitting his, his glove is great, lick. and we know that he's not catching. Hitting. We know he's not hitting, but he's a great defensive catcher. Like that screams backup. So. That's all I have for that. I don't want to get into Hedges so, because no. we've. Uh... <laughs> I think the reality is Hedges. It's his job. God, he's got a fucking fifty-eight OPS plus. I think it's uh, his defense still really good. He's not negative WAR, but I, I think that, that we all know that amazing defensive catcher. And until otherwise, until he's either fired or forced out, or Hedges is traded. Green is going to play him. Yeah. It's, it's just the way it is. I would agree. I, I, we have a, an interesting call here next from our friend uh, Andrew. Hey, guys. My name is Andrew. I go by the handle of Andrew Manifesto on Twitter. Maybe you've seen me. Probably not, though, because I don't really comment much. Just like and retweet like some kind of fucking creep. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I just wanted to call in and tell Eric he's wrong about Kensler, Hedges, and Lauer not being very good because, uh, they're actually the best players on this team, and here's why. We know Eric Hosmer on the 20th day 
of the fourth month, injected marijuanas in the team sauna. And the games following, he's been on what some may call a fucking tear. Now, this is one example, but clearly we can correlate marijuana as a performance-enhancing drug. And clearly, Kinsler, Hedges, and Lauer have never touched such a dangerous substance. They're the only ones on this team with integrity and natural ability. Hopefully, I've convinced you now. All right, guys, have a good one. Fuck the Dodgers. Hell yeah, yes. dude. Hell yeah. I think that's my favorite call right there. Andrew, thank you. That was, that was fucking glorious. That is great. So, Eric Hosmer, performance-enhancing drugs when he injected the marijuana. And clearly, Kinsler, Hedges, and Lauer have never touched such a dangerous substance. Thank you. Thank you for that. That's great. I'm going to have to go and follow him on Twitter. I'm, I yeah, need to that, find that, him. That, that that's funny. That's a follow. <laughs> that's funny. Oh. Uh, what else we have here? We have a we have a few that are that are, are pretty pretty good that, that I want to get to here. Uh, this first one, this first one here, um, I'm especially excited for. Hey guys, it's Woods. Uh, enjoy the podcast very much. Wanted oh shut it. Um, wanted to find out about a little bit more about Austin Hedges WRC. Actually, no. Just want to let everybody know to uh, subscribe to and listen to the Ben and Woods podcast uh, on Stitcher, <laughs> iTunes, all of that good stuff. Really appreciate all your support. And yeah, I mean, you can listen to um, Danny and Eric's podcast after you're done with ours. So thanks, guys. Uh, love love you guys and keep up the great, great work. All right. New media forever. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, oh man. So yeah. Hey, make sure you guys check out our new podcast at uh it's Ben and Woods. So they After started, you listen to the five five podcast. They, they have started uh I mean we have started a, a new podcast, so make sure uh make sure you guys listen to it. Find it in your podcast thingies. Uh who we got next? Hey guys, it's Drunk Flan. First time, long time. Well, Actually, I never listened to the show, but I hear it's really good. It's it's, uh, consistent and always comes through. Kind of like the Ian Kinsler of Padres podcast. (laughs) Anyway, the reason I'm calling is to tell you guys to check out my new podcast with my co-host, Ben and Woods. These guys are maniacs, man. Episode one is up now on iTunes. Episode two will be up in the morning. Just us talking sports, you know, two of the best guys going. So uh, go ahead, subscribe, rate, review. Oh, oh, and one more thing. Um, SDSU doesn't deserve the Qualcomm site. Have a good show. <laughs> so again, Drunk Flan, he wants us to not forget. Don't forget to miss <laughs> the Ben and Woods podcast. Don't forget to miss it? Yeah, that's a Dan Cilio jab. Uh, so yeah, dude, the uh, the positivity towards our new endeavor is really coming through here, especially with this who's, next Why do you keep saying our? I'm not involved in this project. No, me. I mean me, Yes. Ben, Woods, yes. Paul, Mazone, and Rich. So Jesus. let's go to our next call. Hey everybody, it's Amazon here. Oh, you find me at AF Mazone. I uh, just want to let you guys know to tune into the Ben and Woods podcast. We'll be uh, podcasting pretty much daily as, as we can here. Um, go ahead and check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, anywhere you find your podcast. I uh, hope to see you guys soon. Hopefully we'll be on the air soon as well. <laughs> so are you going to come up with a recording where you called yourself and they're going to tell me not to uh, not to forget to tune in and miss the podcast? Funny you mentioned that. Oh, God, no. Hey everyone, it's Eric. I'm on Twitter at MiserableSDFan. Uh, hey, real quick, just want to remind you guys of our new podcast, uh, Ben and Woods. 
on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you find your podcast, in your podcast thingy. Uh, we're going to try to make this a daily thing, no guarantees. Uh, but again, make sure you check out our new podcast, at Ben and Woods. Uh, find us on Twitter, at Ben and Woods. Uh, we hope to be back on the air soon, but in the meantime, this is where you can find us. Again, our brand new podcast, at Ben and Woods. Love you guys. Later. <laughs> You know, you have a block of brand new knives over there that I'm pretty sure you got for your wedding. I think I'm going to put them to good use. Yes. So, thank you. Hey, guys, if I haven't said it enough, our brand new podcast, At Ben and Woods. Uh, Let's go. There's another one here that I think could spark some controversy. If this is Paul or Ben, I'm going to walk out of the No, no, no. We're we're done with the endorsements. (laughs) We're done with the endorsements. this is either of those Ben is a busy man. I didn't want to ask him. I am going to walk out the door right now. Yeah. So this one might spark some controversy, and I want your honest opinion. I'm going to put you on the spot. I gave you no heads up that this was coming. You never do. Because I want an honest reaction out of you. That's uh... Hey, guys. Trent Flanagan. Uh, just curious. So, yeah, I know yesterday you guys probably saw a list going around of best and worst players on your team and kind of made a Padres Twitter version. You guys care to weigh in on that? Go ahead and fill it out on air. That'd be great. Let us know. So have you seen that? Yeah, the most overrated, underrated stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I want you to fill yours out. So I'll have you do yours, and then I'll do mine. All right. So yeah. Padres Twitter, I have the questions for you here. Who's the most overrated person on Padres Twitter? Oh, that's a good one. Damn it. Who's the most overrated on Padres Twitter? Honest answer, because at the end of the day, it's Twitter, and if you get offended by it, then fuck you. God. Who's the most overrated person on Padres Twitter? I'm sorry, Marver. Marver? <laughs> no, it's not Marver. Marver's actually underrated. I think he gets too much shit. Who's the most overrated? God damn it. We'll skip it. We'll go to the next one. I don't know if I can think of it overrated because there's not really anybody on there that really grinds my gears, so to speak. Okay, most underrated. I'd have to go Marver. Marver. I think Marver... Really? I think Marver trolls on a level that people, like, when he comes up with the... <laughs> you know, if you really look at it and people are like, oh, astute analysis. Yeah. I... I, I it's he's too intelligent. I think he trolls on a level that nobody realizes. Okay. And he just does shit to piss people off on purpose. Okay. And it works. Yeah. It I works. like that. Yeah. I, I think Marver's appropriately rated, but yeah. I, I get to see underrated. That's yeah. funny. Best player. Who's the best player on Padres Twitter? The best like baseball player on no, Padres Twitter? Dumbass. No, dumbass. The best the best the tweeter. The best tweeter? Yeah. On the Padres best Twitter. tweeter on Padres Twitter. You know what? I think I'm gonna hand that one to uh I, I have to say it's a tie between uh Good old hand job Preller, and when he's got the handle under control, McCann. Because okay. those those Nick McCann videos, those somber, <laughs> those somber Swedish film yeah. you know, videos that he does, a Tati's thumb injury video, one of the greatest pieces of cinema I've ever seen in my life. I think so that's a good call. I think those are, it's a tie for the best. That's a good call. Who's your key new addition to Padres Twitter? Key new addition. And you you can skip it. If you don't know, then skip it. Uh, I'm trying to think of somebody who's new. Um... You know, he's sometimes a little controversial, but uh, I didn't know about Padres Farm until late last year, this year, so I'd go with him. Okay. He gets a lot of good discussions going. Yeah, okay. I'd say him. Could surprise. Yeah. Oh, could surprise. Yeah. Uh, Who could surprise you? <coughs> and again, you could skip it. I'm not trying to make this drag out. Yeah. Just say just skip, skip. Just skip that one. Okay. Yeah. Complete trash. Leisure Fryer. <laughs> oh! I was waiting for you to give me oh. that one. I was waiting for that one. Just oh, second. my God. Just because I, I know he's going to be sitting here <laughs> waiting, and you know, and he's going to hear it and you know fall over when he's walking over to Food for Less or wow. taking the coaster down to Del Mar 
whatever the hell he's doing with the grandkids, the GKs. I did not see that coming. I was waiting for you to give me a question that I could throw him in. I did not see that coming. I also like how he inadvertently talks himself into racist corners. Yeah. He doesn't see it. So you can ask me next. Oh, God. I I have a feeling I'll be shitted on, or shat on. So most overrated. So most overrated. The most overrated person on Padres Twitter. I'll say me. Really? I'll say I'm the most overrated. And and you might think, hey, that's a cop-out. Like, hey, Eric doesn't want to call anyone out. Eric doesn't want to do this. And you know what? Maybe to an extent, you're right. But at the end of the day, the most overrated person on Padres Twitter, put it this way. There's one half of zero chance that I'm going to tell you who the most overrated person on Padres Twitter is, in my opinion. And what's one half of zero? Zero. zero. So there's zero chance I'm going to tell you who yeah. is the most overrated person on Padres Twitter, in How my opinion. Chances? Again, that's just my opinion. What's next? Uh, best, uh, best tweeter. Best. Oh, tweeter. excuse me. No, most underrated. Most underrated. I honestly, I swear to God, it's not just because we're boys. I think Mazzone is one of the most underrated people. I feel on like Potter's he's Twitter. super appreciated because I was gonna go with him initially, but I'm like, you know what? The Mazzone minute gets a lot of retweets and stuff. Yeah. So I feel like uh, I feel like he represents very well. Yeah. It's very appreciated. I, I, I think Mazzone is underrated still. I feel like he should have more of a following for how fucking funny he is. He is him, hilarious. Uh, Carlos R. I think Carlos R. is funny as shit. I think he's still a little bit underrated. Uh, but I would go with those two. The Rasa is representing. Yeah, I would yeah. go with those two. Okay, so now best tweeter. Best tweeter. I love Corey Stewart. I love Corey Stewart when he goes on a rampage. I love Mens Rea. I think Mens Rea is funny as shit. I love H.J. Preller and Marver. I absolutely love those guys. I love Marver. I I can't pick just one. If I had to pick just one, like, who's a guy like, oh, hey, I got to check out the tweets because they always make me die laughing. It's, dude, it's Mens Rea. See, that's why I had the the tie. Because yeah. I can I can tell when Nick's got a hold of the uh, the yeah. faith handle because when they're UH tweets, <laughs> he'll post the most random like he'll post random fucking shit that makes you like it's like wow that was an actual deep thought yeah <laughs> it's hilariously sad yeah <laughs> all right uh, key new addition Justice Parman. Have you seen, do you know no, who I that haven't. is? No, no, no. He's the guy that posts the badass videos, dude. Oh! Just, Justice Parman is the one that's posting all the videos like uh, over the Avengers with the, the background and all that. Justice is up there as far as best uh, videos. Because I love the videos. you got Too Much Mortons, you have Justice, say, and like you have Ivan. Underrated. Ivan I, I think Gianna's underrated at Too Much Mortons. I think... Uh, I think he might be a little underrated because he's been putting those videos out for a while. Go follow Justice, yeah. dude. He puts right. out some badass videos. I may have already because I remember one of the video uh, a video. His uh, first one was yeah. like the Lion King or yeah. something like that. Yeah, see, I remember that. That's him. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so that's key new edition. Could surprise. Could surprise. I, I'm going to go with Sam Nair. Sam Nair, uh, formerly of Fox Sports San Diego, he had probably the most incredible troll that I've seen in a <laughs> long time for the Nats when they were going for the sweep. And he he tweeted at them. He's like, hey, guys, uh, last time I went to a game, there was sunflower seeds all over the place. Can I bring a broom? And they're like, yeah, you can bring a hand broom. He's like, great. I can't wait to wave it around when the Padres sweep <laughs> the Nats. It was incredible, dude. And, and and I'll go with that because he has a really strong gift game, too. So I'll go Sam. Okay. And he's up there as one of my favorites, too. Complete trash. Oh, my God. Anyone from South Bay. Where do we start? Luke. <laughs> Luke from oh, South Jonah Bay. Hill. Anyone, if if your Twitter handle has anything to do with anything South Bay, <laughs> you are complete trash to me. Like right off the bat, South anything South Bay, Mickey Coke, trash, <laughs> absolute trash. Mr. Leland, 
no, I mean, Davy Leland, he's just... He's an emotional train wreck. Yeah. Oh, and then the last one, sorry, Prove It Year. So yeah. who's a Prove It Year? I think Prove It Year can also... You can throw it in the trash because this person is right on the brink of proving it and being tossed away in the garbage forever. And that's Chad at the Chomner. And that's purely he, because of his catching, his, his takes on catchers. At least he hasn't sat there and uh, rambled on the voicemail <laughs> over and over and over and over again. Yeah. So, all right. Um, let's do two more. Because, I, I again, I don't want to drag it out too much. We, we a got a, an hour or so. Yeah. We, we got two, two more here. And uh, these are going to be, or actually three more. Two of them are from my most underrated portion or person on uh, Padres Twitter. Hey guys, this is James Clark of EBC News. You can find me at James Clark EBC. Oh, I found my overrated. Underscore EBC. (laughs) EBC underscore news. News dash EBC. (laughs) East Village Times News. News at East Village Times underscore James Clark. You can also find us at EBC News underscore James Clark underscore news. You can find us at James underscore Clark underscore news. Underscore EBT. <laughs> and then it cut off. But thank God there's another one. This guy, dude. N underscore E underscore W underscore S underscore J underscore C underscore L underscore A underscore R underscore K. Um, also at EBT underscore the news at underscore the news underscore EBT. So my question for you guys is just wondering what intangibles you find in the young man named Fran Mill Reyes. Um, let me know exactly what you think, because I know his intangibles are off the charts when it comes to in-play intangibles. Um, the young man is doing very well. Um, he told me so in the text message last night. Wow. God, I'm dead. I am deceased. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm not even going to try to Just hit the that. music. It's over. <laughs> oh, and I have one more question. This is from oh. Devin, who I also find hilarious oh. on Twitter. Hey, guys. It's Devin. So, question about the upcoming Dodger series. I've been thinking about it kind of all day, but I wanted some feedback on it as well. So, everyone going up there. Who is the likeliest member of Padres Twitter to get their ass kicked at some point? Who is, who is the likeliest member of Padres Twitter to go up to L.A. and get their ass kicked? I could see... I don't know if he could ass kick because I've never seen him in person, but I could definitely see Mickey Coe getting into a fight. <laughs> well, I, could see him, I could see him getting into a fight with an unruly Dodger fan. I, I um, can't. Getting his ass kicked. Or you know hers. What? Or hers. Or hers. Dodger yeah. fans, they've shown that they are equal opportunities. Yeah. You know what? I would say because, like I said, I don't think Leisure Fryer says half the shit he says knowing what he's insinuating, which is why I think he gets so offended because he doesn't mean it for it to come off a certain way. He's just old yeah. and sometimes aloof. So I could see Leisure Fryer going up there making a dumb comment, not realizing what he's doing, and then getting jumped by a gang of Dodger fans. <laughs> old men found dead covered in food for less coupons. So let's recap. Leisure <laughs> Fryer is the is complete trash on Twitter. He's gonna get his ass kicked up in L.A. So that's that's what we're going for. I can't wait for him to hear this because oh god, rest that's in peace, my mentions. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know, I don't know who's the most likely to get their ass kicked. I will say though, going up there tomorrow, I fully expect some shit to go down with myself. Oh god, <laughs> because if Paddock is up there shoving, I am going to be loud as fuck. 
I'm gonna be loud. It's just I'm gonna be turned around. I'm gonna be talking shit. I'm gonna act like I'm putting my pistols away every time I strike someone out. In LA, are you crazy? It's gonna be like Shooter McGavin. I'm like da 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 da. Shooter. That like that's gonna be me. So I fully expect some shit to go down. Oh god. Yeah. So anyways, we appreciate you guys sticking through that again. Make sure you check us out at Ben and Woods uh, on Twitter. Check me, Paul, uh, Ben Woods. Uh, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. It's the next Rich. name you drop. <laughs> Make sure, make sure you check all of us out. Uh, Alec, uh, sorry, I, I don't have time to play, but Alec wanted to know, if we were the ones that took over the at Padres account, what was the first thing that you would tweet? <laughs> Padres want to announce that we have released Ian Kinsler and designated him for assignment. <laughs> wow. Yeah, for me, I, I probably... Something I, where I can just troll the roster. You imagine Kinsler saying the Padres <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I would have went full scorched earth, dude. I would have went full scorched earth. Like I put out there the Thanos gif of him snapping. <laughs> like, like that would have been me, dude. I would have went. And now oh. the universe is perfectly balanced. Yeah, I would have like I would have made some gif gifs about like Kevin AC, about Kinsler. Like we would have traded Machado and Tatis. I really <laughs> and I would have changed the the picture. I would have changed everything, and we See, we would have got some people going here, for sure. Here's why I like the Kinsler one because if people didn't realize it at first. If they just think, oh, it's the podcast, because you know you got to change it to the whole official thing, yeah. right? So you change it, and then you do like the you make it look, you know, the fake link and all that good stuff. Yep. That it's you know a picture of Kinsler, you know, throwing his helmet or doing something like MLB <laughs> trade rumors does yep. when a player gets dumped. Yep. It's like, oh, Padres uh, come to terms with the Kinsler buyout contract designate for assignment. Yep. Can you imagine the heartbreak on Padres Twitter when they found out it was fake? That is exactly. <laughs> Exactly what I would have done, dude. Full scorched earth. But anyways, we appreciate you guys uh, checking in. Uh, We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here. Hey, if we are still alive next week, we will have a podcast. If you see someone get that got shanked at Dodger Stadium or they got beaten into a coma, it was one of us. So hopefully it was Danny and not me. I have a child to live for. Uh Uh-huh. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here.